This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Hello everyone and welcome along to the post-game podcast with myself, Patrick Smith, on the Blood Red channel after Liverpool beat Everton 2-0 in the Merseyside derby thanks to Mo Salah finishing off a throwback counter and Cody Gakpo's first Liverpool goal. A great performance and a great result for the Reds, particularly from young Stefan Bicetic in midfield who shone all night. With the Reds heading to Newcastle this weekend, knowing a win, albeit a tough task, can put them within six points of the top four of the game in hand. But let's get back to basking in the glory of tonight's Merseyside derby win, where a dreadful few weeks have hopefully been put to bed by a performance worthy of Liverpool last season. Up first is our Renko correspondent Paul Gorsh Manfield, followed by Jürgen Klopp's press conference, and then the view from the cop returns with our family action. The post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel. Liverpool gave their top four hopes a massive shot in the arm with a 2-0 win against Everton in the Merseyside derby at Anfield this evening. Um, goals from Mohamed Salah and Cody Gakpo either side of half-time have given the Reds uh, another victory over the Blues. And um, in a game that many had... Plenty of reservations about and plenty of apprehension given that uh, Everton were coming across Stanley Park on the back of that 1-0 win against Everton last week and Liverpool were really on a desperate dire run of form, particularly this calendar year. Uh, you could see why there was some um, some worry and concern, but uh, once the game got going, it never really looked like Everton were going to be able to land a punch on Liverpool. Uh, young Ellis Sims deputised for the injured Dominic Calvert-Lewin up front and um, Joe Gomez and Joel Matic were too comfortable, too strong and, and too powerful. All nice for the young striker. Um, several impressive performances from Liverpool. Jordan Henderson in particular coming back after four games as a substitute. He was excellent. Uh, Stefan Bicic is probably the outstanding player uh, on the night for Liverpool. The 18-year-old midfielder just goes from strength to strength and this was probably his best Liverpool performance to date. Uh, Darwin Nunes looked a threat all game and uh, Mohamed Salah had a massive Debt of gratitude to uh, to the Uruguayan international for the first goal. Uh, James Tarkovsky's header hit the post. Right, McNeil's shot was half cleared, and from uh, from there it was all about Darwin Nunes as he played the one-two with Salah near the edge of his own box and carried it some length, um, pretty much the entire length of the pitch. In all honesty, before laying it into Salah as Liverpool streamed forward in numbers, it was a razor sharp counter attack that gave Liverpool a lead just before half time, and uh, Liverpool. Double the advantage in the second half with Gakpo on the end of another uh, superb counter-attack this time uh, from Andy Robertson, his shade through midfield. He laid it into Salah, he laid it into Trent Alexander-Arnold and then it was put on a plate for Gakpo at the back post to score uh, on his seventh Liverpool appearance. And in fairness to the Dutch uh, internationally, he looked the player transformed as soon as the goal went in. He started uh, holding the, the ball up a bit better and uh, playing some neat touches, uh, getting on the half turn and, and carrying it as, uh, as much as he could. And, Perhaps this, uh, this goal and this performance is a big turning point in the early days of his Liverpool career. He's obviously not come into a team that's absolutely flying, but uh, he's struggled to get going himself. And perhaps this is a turning point for him and a turning point for Liverpool in this season. They go to Newcastle now on uh, on Saturday night and uh, the top four hopes are still flickering, despite what has been a uh, really dramatic tail off from what we were able to witness last season from this Liverpool team. Uh, top four still alive for Liverpool. They, uh, March goes on, they uh, picked up their first um, victory in 2023 in the Premier League and uh, now they just have to build on it. Um, Everton could not have been more accommodating to be perfectly honest. Sean Dice's side had beaten Arsenal as we said last week but um, 
it's just something about Anfield that uh, brings out the worst in Everton, isn't it? They're now without a win in front of crowds since uh, September 1999. They, of course, won only two years ago, 2-0 uh, in the behind closed doors season. But uh, with a full Anfield crowd, uh, Everton's weight stretches into, what is it now, 23, 24 years, nearly a quarter of a century. And uh, Liverpool were fully deserving of the victory this evening, so it's finished. Here at Anfield on the 243rd Merseyside Derby, uh, Liverpool 2, Everton 0. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Relieved. Yeah, that's it. That was the main feeling since the final whistle. Um, happy with the performance. Um, it was necessary that we played tonight the game we wanted to play and not the game Everton wants to play. We cannot avoid that all the time. But I think it they didn't have an extremely high number of set pieces. So with all the uh, the, the the aggressiveness you have to show, you have to make sure you don't overdo it because each set piece is a massive threat and something they want to have and um, I thought we did that really well. On top of that we were super dominant, switched the sides, played the ball, kept them running, but both goals came from counter-attack so that's allowed as well obviously um, and uh, yeah I love both goals, love the involvement of everybody who was around there. We had. For both goals, we had three options in the box. I think. I think when the pass came in, um, and so, yeah, a lot of things were different tonight. So it was the best game for a while, and that's why we won it. Yeah. Yeah. Can you just talk a little bit about Stefan Bajcetic? You know, in a game like that, obviously pressure and, and the expectation of the fans weighing on the result. Now. <laughs> Pretty good. Um, yeah, on, and we put him on a new position. I don't think to ask him actually, I don't think he ever played the position before. Um, he came here as a kid and as a centre-half, played now the six for us in a few games and um, tonight as an eight in a lot of moments a double six, did extremely well. Um, yeah, was a quite a good performance to be honest. Definitely, but you can imagine our situation. It's not that we actually we we spoke about it three days ago. It's like when the coaches talk to each other. It's like, well, performance um, training today really good, and they're like, yeah, but last week it was not bad either. Um, and it's like you have to start convincing. And today in the meeting, I told the boys, so um, because I knew everybody thinks yes, the training week was really good, really good. Uh, but now we have to bring it on the pitch, and it's still the basis for everything. The better you train, the better you play, um, usually. And so this, the whole week was a lead up to the game. That's true as well. Um, and this is now we 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 needed we needed this game. We needed the performance. Now we had it. Um, our people absolutely deserved it. I love the atmosphere. 
um, even before we scored, obviously um, the people were there. It's, it's insane what kind of atmosphere the people create here, um, and so yeah, tonight we delivered, and um, and our people deserved it. Yeah, good performance as well. Eh? So the way he set up the chance for, for, for Darwin, he had other moments like this where he came out under pressure. Then there was a foul and we got a free kick, but he, he did extremely well under massive pressure in the centre there. Um, and yes, then in the end, it was not the most difficult goal he ever scored, but it's exactly probably the goal each striker is dreaming of when, when, when it didn't happen for a while. Um, both goals were obviously for both players really important. Now, the next one would could have, we could need something like that. It's probably Darwin. The chance he had uh, was a really good one. But anyway, so Darwin obviously with an insane run before the first goal and a super pass, a super pass. I don't know how often he didn't have these situations too often to be 100% honest. But if then it would have been pretty likely that we just kicked the ball on the head of Mkhitaryan and then. I saw now the while I was changing. I saw now the analysis of Kara, um, and they spoke like 10 minutes about how this um, this goal could have been defended in the end. Um, if we hit the head of um, of the defender, then that's it. Um, nothing will happen. Still a good counter attack without a goal. And so um, this was obviously a very important moment. Not conceding in their only chance. Can remember another one to be honest, but maybe there was another one. Oh, oh, yeah, true. Um, uh, but then, until then, at least the, 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 the first, the first chance they had, um, not conceding there was a very important moment as well. So um, I'm not sure how much you can force luck, but if you don't have it, you're screwed. So um, and it's not that we had too much. So that if you think about it, the first goal we conceded against Wolves, we can see, talk about everything, what we did not well and stuff like this. But how the ball went in is just like slapstick, and you think, okay. So, and we didn't react well on it, that's true as well, but actually we didn't react too bad. Consider second and then reacted well. So, um, no, really important, really important tonight. Um, gave us all a sign, we, that was us tonight, definitely, and now we have to make sure that we are us from now on. James. I heard now about it, but don't know really about it. I heard that today the, it came out, but that's it. Cannot say more about it. Sorry. Thank you, Thank you very much. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Much improved performance from Liverpool against Everton tonight, and obviously one that's seen them come out 2 0. Winners. Obviously, you'll have to factor in that Everton are a really poor side, in my opinion, and one who, I suppose it depends how, how poor the teams are around them, really, but they are definitely a, a contender to go out of the league this season. There's no doubt about that in my, in my mind. Nothing that I've seen from them this season or that I've seen from them at Anfield tonight tells me any differently. And obviously, you'll have to take that into account when you're judging Liverpool's performance as much improved as it was. Everton were not allowed... It could not really apply any pressure to Liverpool in, in building the game up. Yet yeah, they sat in sort of a, a mid-shape on the field, but allowed 
Liverpool's centre-halves to, to bring the ball out and therefore overload that midfield and give Liverpool an extra pass all the time. That then allowed Liverpool to switch the ball into the wider areas where they had some joy with Salah and, and Zawin Nunes. So, and, and also in terms of Everton as well, every time they, they got possession, they gave it back to Liverpool, which is always helpful as much as Liverpool improved in the aspect of actually being compact enough to win the ball back. But Liverpool did play a lot better. They were a lot better organised. I mean, it's not difficult over recent weeks or recent months for Liverpool to be better. And it was both women without the ball, they were better. As I mentioned before, although Everton were, were relatively really poor in possession, also you'd have to give Liverpool some credit for that because they much, were much more compact. They pressed at better angles with all units of the team, forced Everton into areas in which they were more likely to give the ball away. And didn't allow Everton in the moments where, the few moments really, where they could escape that initial pressure to get into situations in that midfield in between players where they could then hurt Liverpool, which had been a big problem for Liverpool over the, as many as other things over the, the recent months and weeks. And then with the ball, I've often bemoaned Liverpool in the last few months, giving it away so often and so frequently that meant that means that Liverpool are then out of the shape in possession, have expanded the game too much, have players in positions which are too elevated in relation to the security of the ball and then are in trouble in transition but that wasn't the case with Liverpool today I felt they were much more calculated in the way they used the ball made better choices mix had a mix to the game of going direct but also trying to play through and as I mentioned before stepping into midfield from the centre halves finding midfield players and then circulating the ball wide if the initial ball forward wasn't on which Liverpool haven't done enough of they've tried to go too vertical too often and again, I've mentioned that that's caused Liverpool as many problems as, as just Liverpool defending out of possession. They've actually defended, caused themselves more problems with the ball. So all of them aspects were improved today. And obviously within that, individual performances were better as well. You couldn't say some of the players who actually played well tonight and, and pretty much all Liverpool's players did, a lot of them have been unrecognisable from the players that have been for Liverpool. And for example, just springing to my mind, Joe Gomez, who I thought was very good from on the front foot all the time in his defensive work, able to step in, steal possession, and also with the ball, stepping into midfield. Jordan Henderson, who's been a great player for Liverpool, but has been so poor this season, a very good performance. And in general, to a man, Liverpool were, were, were better. Salah was more, much more like his old self. Caused no end of problems and showed a touch of class, obviously, with the, the goal that he was able to score. But I felt his all-round game and the way he combines was was so much better as well. So, so as a collective and as individuals, much, much better. Just to touch on Zawa Nunes, who again, I felt played very well and continues to be a real outlet for Liverpool, a real handful, a player who can always occupy a back line. I felt he, he did that today, especially in the first half against Everton, caused real problems on that left-hand side channel. And I did wonder when Liverpool lines up with the, the side again, obviously playing Cody Gakpo in the middle of the pitch and Darwin Nunes on the left-hand side. It, it does make me wonder sort of what the plan is going forward in terms of the makeup. because if you look at Gakpo, one thing that has struck me about his time at Liverpool so far, and it's only limited in terms of what I've seen from him, but the, the receiving techniques he possesses are quite, quite wide-ranging and and flexible in the way that he's able to accept the ball off the back foot 
the inside of the foot, uh, using the drag back with the sole of his feet. He, he's got a lot of different strings to his bow in terms of retrieving techniques with bodies around him. And it is more suited from what you see of him from a central role at this moment in time, especially with the profiles that Liverpool have got to play on the left because you've got Diogo Jota, Luis Diaz, and obviously you've got Darwin Nunes who can play there. So when you factor in that Darwin Nunes, you feel has been bought as the number nine to play for Liverpool, and obviously we know Luis Diaz is a is for me an automatic pick. I think he's got the ceiling to be one of the best players in the league, and obviously Jota, an excellent player in both roles. You just wonder where Gakpo fits in this Liverpool side going forward when everyone's fit and available, and he is more. Of a player like a, a Firmino who drops in into Link's play, and I suppose if Klopp wants to play his default system that's been his, his favourite for, for many a year and give great success to Liverpool, then he would be the most likely out of all the players to to adopt that position or stylistically only over the first few games, as I must say that, but looks that way to, to be able to take Firmino's place. But then if he plays there, then you've got an overload of options on the left-hand side, and when you factor in the as I say, Luis Diaz for me has to play, and I, I just can't see any other way than and Darwin Nunes then occupying a, a central position as a number nine. So I, I, it'd just be really interesting to see, unless Liverpool was to change the system, potentially play with a, a, a four-man attack, such as the options they've got in them roles. But again, it doesn't strike you the clock would do that. He's so ingrained into the system that he's always been played at Liverpool in terms of the 4 3 3 that you, you struggle to see that. But I suppose again that may that may depend on the central midfield players that Liverpool have from not just for the end of this season available but also in the coming season because obviously there's going to be a big turnover in that position. And I suppose again the kinds of players that he, he looks to to buy in them areas will probably dictate what system he's looking to use going forward. But the fact that I still feel it would be 4-3-3, it would be some interesting choices when everyone's fit and available because I don't think it's as simple as playing Darwin Nunes as a 9 one week and playing Cody Gakpo as a 9 another week because they, they, their movement patterns are totally different. And you know, to get that continuity, to get that them players having them consistent movement patterns and combinations in the final phase is going to be difficult when you're trying to do that. So, But in the short term, anyway, Liverpool go to Newcastle at the weekend. Uh, a massive game for me. Liverpool have to win. Uh, I know they say it's still early in the season, but Liverpool have given them so, themselves so much to do in the Premier League and I won't be getting carried away with the fact of beating a really poor Everton side today. And it will be difficult against Newcastle who've only lost one game all season, albeit I don't think Newcastle are a fantastic side. They've been the best of what I would say has been a really average bunch to, in that fourth position race, if you like. But... Yeah, Liverpool have to go there and win. Whether Liverpool can replicate this performance against a, a much better outfit in Newcastle remains to be seen. And it may go a long way to dictate where Liverpool finish in the Premier League because if Liverpool were to come away with that, with a, a draw and most certainly a defeat, for me, it, it's just too big a gap, not only from Newcastle, but also the fact that they've got to leapfrog so many teams just below to get into that position. And the third part, that if they weren't to get a result... That would tell me that they play poorly again. There's no consistency in the team. So rather than thinking about everyone else who plays in the Premier League, they won't be at the level themselves to be able to claim that place, which hasn't looked likely all season. So hopefully it'll change. Absolutely buzzing with that. 
um, I thought individually and collectively we were fantastic. There was eight eights all over the pitch, a couple of sevens because they didn't have to do anything, like Zavallison. Um But yeah, it's much much improved. But again, I said this a couple of times today, and also last night from Klopp's press conference pre Merseyside derby. I just seen a spark again, and he's he's been missing. Well, he's been missing a spark recently. Um, he's looked like a defeated man at times, and you know we can all understand why. But yeah, it was you seen that fight back in in just him really, and it you know it translated across to all of us. I was really confident today. I haven't been confident for a long time, but I couldn't see them beating us. I just couldn't see it. Um, I thought massive mention goes out to Stefan Bajetic because what a player we've got on our hands. 18 years of age, he just controlled the tempo of the Merseyside derby in a position he's never played before. It, it's unbelievable. But um, Mo looked back to his best. Um, Gakpo showed us what he can do from holding it up to bursting with pace. I haven't seen enough of him to to know he was that quick, but that turn of pace that he had tonight was spot on, and that gives us a little bit more confidence from him. Um, Nunes down the left, great great decision to put him on the left. Um, I do think he's better going through the middle, but the likes of tonight, I thought it was a perfect opportunity to get at Coleman. He did, got the assist, set the goal up. Thought he was tenacious, he was strong. He was up and down, he was up for it. And, and you know, that's the least we expect from him because he, he is a bit of a nutter, isn't he? So, um, but yeah. Um, Henderson and Fabinho, where have them performances been? <laughs> thought Henderson's pressing was unbelievable. Um, left front, it was a proper captain's performance that in a Merseyside derby, constantly pressing, didn't stop. Um, Fabinho. Being the Hoover that we all know he is, didn't have to go over the halfway line, which was perfect. Um, Robertson and Trent up and down the line, the best I've seen them for a long time. Just to see Trent overlapping Salah again, just gives me a massive vote of confidence for the rest of the season because I, I kind of feel like Trent's being playing with fear because of his defence and. Because of his questionable defence, not from us, but from the media and from other teams. So he's tended to like stick to his position at, like quite deep, hasn't he? But getting round Salah, putting them balls across, that's the Trent we know. And that's the Trent we love. So, yeah, collectively, superb. I'm not going to go into saying how um, poor Everton are, because I think we were that up for it tonight. That... It didn't matter if they turned up or not. We were always going to win. Massive game on Saturday. Now, we can't take this game for granted. Um, Newcastle might have one eye on the Carabao Cup. So, you know, fingers crossed. We get a decent result there and, you know, we're back in with a shout. But yeah, massive three points. Clean sheet. Great performances all over the pitch. A couple of players coming back into the side from injury. Jota, Bobby... You've got Virgil sitting on the bench. Diaz is due to come back. Yeah, it's looking good. Hopefully we can keep this up. You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.